3: Då säger vi välkomna till en ett avsnitt av Rock bara. God morgon, god morgon, hör fåglar sjunga
2: glatt, god morgon, god morgon i kör.
3: Tänk om någon lyssnar på kvällen då.
2: God kväll, god kväll, god kväll.
3: <laughs> ja, vi ska prata om Sweden Rock Festival 2018. Där vi var och intervjuade en massa band. Bland annat ett band som ligger mig väldigt varmt om hjärtat. Som jag har följt sedan jag var en liten, liten, liten trollung. Girlschool.
2: Girlschool, School. Alltså det var ju ett fantastiskt band. Som, ja det är också. Men jag måste ju säga att, att jag har inte hört riktigt vad de gör nu. Men när de kom. Och det var tjejer. Det här var ju egentligen.
3: Brittiskt hårdhållband. Ja. Tjejband. Och det är all female band som har hållit ihop längst. De existerar alltså fortfarande. Och har alla medlemmar utom en originalmedlem. Och att den Inte min beror på att hon har gått bort, helt
2: enkelt. Ja, och det kan vi inte göra så mycket åt. Det är lite grann som Runaways. Det är svårt mm. att återskapa originalet där, som sen är West och borta. Och just Runaways var ju ett favoritband för mig. Oh, äh, tjejband. Och sen kom Girlschool, School. Och det, det som skilde Runaways och Girlschool. School, det var flera saker som skiljde dem åt. Men en, en central grej var ju att de här tjejerna i Girls var ju skitfula. Medan tjejerna i Runaways var jättesöta. Men... De rockade ju mycket hårdare än Ronaldis. Mm. De, de var ju kaxigare och grymare mm. som, som, som rockstjärnor egentligen. Men de var ju inte speciellt snygga. Det kan vi inte påstå. Uh, de var lite grann en kvinnlig motsvarighet till Motorhead. Och de ja. var ju inte vackrast i världen heller.
3: Och de är ju ganska kopplade till Motorhead.
2: Ja, de gjorde ju en platta ihop. Mm. Uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre heter det EP som de gjorde mm. tillsammans.
3: Och hon som nu uh, har skrivit in Jag tror inte Jacqueline den som då tjejen som inte är som inte är. Eh, ja, precis som inte originalmedlem. Hon är då eh, en gammal frequent till mig. Ja, Dessutom ja. så alla hänger liksom ihop och de ja, brukade hänga på samma pubbar och i samma studio och så har jag jobbat ihop också. Mm. Mm.
2: Första mötet med dem, det var om det var 80 eller 81. De var i Sverige, men då jobbade jag med närådigstationen Heavy Metal Heaven. Ja, och då drog vi ut med vår bandspelare på den tiden som som alltså, riktiga kassettband. Och gjorde en intervju med dem som vi sände i, I Näradion. Och det var jättekul att ha, ha det där. Jag har faktiskt kvar autografer på så här Heavy Metal Heavens bredpapper. Ooh. Där de har skrivit så här, to, to Andy har de skrivit. För att jag kallar mig, under mycket kort period så tänker jag att de kan inte uttala Anders på engelska. Så att jag var Andy. Så du
3: hade ett artista? <laughs> Hur fan var du pinsam?
2: <laughs> ja, inte nog, med det tegner var också Andy Tanner. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andy Tanner. <laughs> men men jag gav upp det ganska fort så det var en väldigt väldigt kort period.
1: Detta ska jag aldrig glömma. <laughs> men jag har några
2: några eh, skivor med fotografier från de här tidiga vandeln som, som jag intervjuade där det står to Andy
1: Andy Tanner. And tanner.
2: <laughs> uh, och de var en ett av dem. Men r- roliga tjejer. Man kunde ju ja. dra snuskiga skämt utan att de ramlade baklänges.
3: Ja, det var jättekul. För mig var det verkligen jätteroligt att få träffa dem. Och eh, glädjande att då Kim som vi pratade med, hon hade ju full koll på vem jag var också. Så Jaså. jag blev ju lite starstruck där
1: helt plötsligt. Ja, ja.
3: ja så vi ska lyssna på Girl School, bland annat i det här avsnittet från Sweden Rock Festival 2018. Welcome to Rock Bottom! Ah, oh, thank is you. Sweden's biggest rock podcast. Attack! Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Girls' School, welcome. And uh, I've been a fan for you for so long. Uh, I just have to say, my favorite album is uh, Screaming Blue Murder. Oh, excellent. yeah, excellent. With Wildlife being my favorite track. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: You started out, now, is it 40 years ago Yes, this is actually, I can't believe I'm saying this, I really can't, but 40 years, yes, that's, it's quite frightening really, (laughs) but it's true.
3: But have you been going continuously or did you break up and reform? Uh,
4: No, we didn't actually ever break up, um, but we, it was a few years, obviously, where we weren't doing a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, and, but the thing is, because we're all mates, uh, we didn't ever really stop seeing each other. Mm-hmm. So you so hanging out. It was a bit like, yeah, we yeah. were all still hanging out. So it was a bit like when something would be offered, like a gig would be offered, we go, well, why not? We, we're hanging out in a pub anyway. Yeah. You know, we might as well be <laughs> paid for it. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs>
3: How do you stay together as a band for so long? Oh, I mean, knows. it's, I know. Yeah, I know it's frightening. longer than any marriage. <laughs>
4: yeah. Well, the, the weirdest thing, of course, is when we all started out, because we were young, obviously, when yeah. we started out, uh, we were all I remember one particular time this is obviously when our lovely Kelly was still alive mm-hmm. um, we were all saying I have." when we're all 40 which of course then seemed like you know so old <laughs> didn't it when, we're all, when we all reach 40 no matter where in the world we all are let's all arrange to meet up somewhere yeah. you know <laughs> little did we know that we, you know we still bloody <laughs> see each other anyway you know you work with
3: a lot of famous people, but yeah. of course, Motorhead comes to mind. Yeah.
4: yeah. How did that happen? Uh, well, basically what had happened was, um, this: was, we started off in the days of punk when anybody could get up and do anything, mm-hmm. basically, and a lot of people then were actually even starting off their own record companies. Yeah. And a friend of ours, um, he started his own record company, and he'd put a single out with a band called UK Subs, who were great mates of mm-hmm. ours. And uh, he just asked us if we wanted to do one. And of course, that's every band's dream, isn't it? You know, when you start out, yeah. your dream is to actually make a record. And how long have you been together as a band then? Well, it's quite a few years. Uh-huh. Um, like playing small yeah, venues Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did actually have and... an agent, and he used to send us off all over bloody Europe. You know, mm-hmm. we'd go off and with My poor mum and dad, we nicked nick their van, <laughs> and we used to, off we used to go, bang on the gear in the back, you know, sleep on top of the gear, and, you know, those were the good old days, you know. Um, so, yeah, we had been gigging around quite a, quite a while. But, of course, the, you know, the opportunity to actually make an album. Of course, we thought it was going to be so glamorous and amazing. Oh, yeah, we're going to go into the recording studio. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Next thing, there we are in some dingy basement in Soho, <laughs> you know, for an afternoon. And, um, and we recorded our first single, Take It All Away. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, as we, were coming, as we were blinking into the daylight out of this dingy <laughs> basement, at the top of the stairs was John Peel. Uh-huh. and uh, we just got chatting to him, and he actually played the single on his show, and at the time, Motorhead, this little band called Motorhead, were looking for a support band for mm-hmm. their first major British tour, the Overkill tour, and uh, they'd heard about us, and of course Lemmy being Lemmy and Motorhead being Motorhead, saw an all-girl band, mm-hmm. and um, and so next thing we know. Um, Lemmy came to meet us at a rehearsal to see if we could actually play you know obviously because <laughs> obviously girls couldn't possibly play you know and, uh, and he invited us on the tour and that was it the
3: rest is that history yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were pioneers in, as females in metal what advice would you give uh, Jungle is starting out today I mean there there are more and more girls oh, there are getting are yeah, it no, it's the, the weirdest, really good yeah,
4: the re- weirdest thing was when we first started and had obviously quite a lot of success in the early days we were expecting loads of other girl bands mm-hmm. to follow but they didn't it, they, it's actually the didn't. change has it, started it's to taken come now. Years, yeah. it's taken 40 years it's taken 40 years you know a bit <laughs> slow so I um, oh, basically I mean there's some good girl bands obviously Crucified Barbara were, were fantastic mm-hmm. yeah. Barbecue Barbies we love in mm-hmm. Finland um, I mean, so, basically, if you if you love what you're doing, just keep at it, and not expect everything to be glamorous.
3: Oh, exactly, exactly, because it isn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> it isn't. You, you don't have to maybe get to do your makeup. In yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are now. In... yeah, yeah. Well,
4: obviously, yeah.
3: <laughs> From watching you. I haven't seen you here because you're playing later today yeah, here at yeah. Sweden Rock Festival but from watching you some clips or uh, recent clips on YouTube I have to ask where do you pull all that energy from
4: uh, still? Wow well, <laughs> that's a good question I don't know because obviously we um We haven't slept very, well, very much last night because we had to get up at God knows what time this morning or Mm -hmm. four o'clock this morning to get the plane Mm -hmm. to get in in time, you know. So I don't know what's going to happen this (laughs) afternoon. We might actually just fall over this (laughs) afternoon, but we'll see. But I don't know. I suppose once you get up there and if the sound's really great and it's got to be loud and...
1: Do you that, still that feed go off go. the energy from exactly. the audience? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
4: mean, you can feel it if, it, if it's going well, then obviously. Is it, it still as back.
3: exciting as 40 years ago? Do you still get the vibe? hi?
4: Every time, I find every time different still. So yes, yeah, so that mm-hmm. makes it exciting. You never know really what's going to happen, you know. Keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the hardest part of being on the road? Um, uh, boredom sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you know as well, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a famous quote, isn't there, from Charlie Watts, with the Stones. Yeah. He said that they've been together 40 years or so. He said, yeah, 25 years have been waiting or something. Yeah. Like, something stupid like that. I mean, and the travelling. Yeah. You're just, you know, and miles and miles and miles. It's a bit more. You don't really get to see but, anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People go, even now, my friends, and they, you know, I've known for years, they, I see why I'm going to Sweden. Oh, that, oh that's brilliant. Isn't it? I'm going to blah. I, I go, I won't see anything. I'll just see a bloody inside of a... A plane or whatever, yeah. train and a bus, and then a dressing room, and then back to the hotel, and then off again. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you are lucky that you're in a place where you get of a day off, and you yeah, and you can go no, around when you're not super tired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> On a festival like this, one can't help thinking about what will it be in, say, fifteen years or so when probably Aussie and and Kiss and, mm-hmm. and the, I mean the really ginormous bands have retired. Yeah. Who
4: do you think will you know feel their shoes well I've I you know I really don't know because I think about that as well because I'm not sure there are some obviously great young bands coming up mm-hmm. but it's very difficult to see but then I'm probably biased as well because I come from that era yeah so I still love all those sort of bands yeah you know and and that's why it was particularly hard now because obviously we lost the last of the original motorhead mm-hmm. you know Eddie who was a great mate and uh and that was a real shock and you know they've all gone now and so um, yeah, actually, I, I don't. I really can't answer the question because I haven't got a clue. It's they're gonna be very missed. All these big bands. Yeah. Yeah. If you could put together your own festival, the Girls' Club Festival, uh-huh.
3: what the, would the lineup be? And you, you can you can use. Bands that are still here ah. and bands from the past. Well, my
4: favourite <laughs> band of all times is Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, so then, I suppose, of course, David Bowie again was just my hero from you know from oh. way back. Oh, just when did you start listening to him? Like, well, I, when I was young, you yeah, know, my teens, yeah, yeah. But I, even from Space Oddity, uh-huh. uh, I was absolutely yeah. Um, oh, Rainbow, love them. What lineup would Rainbow? Would you be, pick then? Well, it's different, difficult because I liked Graham Bonnet's time. I loved yeah. it when Cozy was in them, yeah. with them as oh, well. Yeah. And uh, and obviously, Richie Blackmore was, mm-hmm. was a great hero. Um, and we were actually lucky enough to be invited when they uh, reformed Deep Purple for the first time mm-hmm. for the original lineup, because we played with them in Rainbow, and he really liked the band, and he invited us on that tour, so that it was great. great. Um, God, was so many bands. Yeah? Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Motorhead, of course, I oh, they to cool. come back <laughs> when they come back. You know. <laughs> What is the
3: difference between promoting like a tour or an album now, as for say in the eighties? I mean, it every, everything has changed. Yes, the way oh, you sell yeah, yeah, music, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, way yeah, you promote yeah. music. Yeah.
4: Well, I'm so- I'm really pleased actually that we had our time when we did because it was great to have an actual record company to have to have it how it was. I mean, I'm I'm totally useless at computers and all that stuff. Anyway, I'm I'm just not tech, tech savvy at all. Whatever, God knows if we tried now, we wouldn't get anywhere, you know. But uh, it is completely different. A lot of young bands are doing very well now, but I li- really like the old-fashioned way, you know, of, of, with somebody uh, else doing it. Yeah, exactly. you yeah, nice you got thought. your management company, you got your record company, and you got this and you got that. And um, yeah, they, they were great days. So. But you know, it's, it's it has... And of course it will change, it will change like that, no. you know? But I, I must admit, it's changed pretty quickly. We, you wouldn't have thought it would be so different now. No, you know? I mean,
3: the, the good thing I think is in a way you get closer to your fans because they Ooh. can interact with you yeah, on social yeah, yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, of but on the other hand, I find it it's... To, to like, get exposed to new music, yeah. you have to search yeah. it out for yourself. It's yeah, not, yeah, not like you turn on the true. radio and you hear a great song, or what's yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. or go into a record store or whatever yeah. so
4: I think it- but yeah it's great that you get things like podcasts and things yeah. like that yeah. which you did to have in the old days Who
3: what would you say is the average girl school
5: fan
4: well again that's difficult is there right one now, but there isn't one because now we're getting sort of young Youngsters, yeah, and we're still getting like the old oldies, like with us as well. But sometimes they're young bringing fans, their kids Do you mean like the young hot guys? You, well, yeah, you're yeah, in yeah, that, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've
4: got yeah, quite a few uh, sort of young, young. Well, I say youngsters, like 20, 20 or twenty five yeah. old, You know, we still think they're, they're babies, and yeah. they, so.
3: <laughs> And also the ones that have been your following since day yeah. one.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: the, the, it seems like there are like three generations of, of yeah. metalheads yeah. yeah, yeah, here yeah. at Swin Rock Festival. So what's in the pipeline for Girls School for the rest of the year? Uh,
4: well, basically we've got quite a few festivals. We're doing some gigs with Rose Tattoo. Um, we, we've got quite a few things coming up. We've got a DVD coming out finally. We keep mm-hmm. talking about its DVD, but we're actually putting on... We're, we're trying to do it to cover the whole of the 40 years so oh, you can... What- live performances? Yeah sort of we perform and, and on footage of from all the line ups from day one cool. so we've just so when been doing When is that a bit gonna come film. out you know? Well it was supposed to be the end of the year but they're now talking because it's everything takes so much longer these days especially with us because we're so hopeless <laughs> <laughs> but um, they're now talking probably the beginning of next year because they're now they're now eking out the 40th year to next April because actually we got together in April. Oh, okay. So so they're now doing it April to April, so it gives us another few months next year to actually okay. still be celebrating <laughs> 40 years, so yeah. So when do we get to hear the next Girl School album, because it's been, it's yeah. three years oh, since uh I, 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 It's possible we might be doing an EP, but as for an oh. album at the moment, we haven't really got time really now, so... Uh, but um, I- I'm running out of things to write about as well. I don't know how these other bands do it, you know, because after <laughs> having gone out, I've even lost count of the albums we've done. So, uh, you yeah, know, we used to write a lot about dr- getting drunk and falling over because, I mean, that's what we did a lot. But now we've actually, don't do that so much anymore. So what were so. you writing about today? <laughs> exactly, I don't know, but... Yeah. Well, we've written a thing on the the Legacy album. We had a song called I Spy, all about surveillance and cameras Mm -hmm. and things, which, amazingly, Ronnie James D actually sang. He actually sang the whole song on it. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, So, yeah, we still find things to write about. (laughs) Like the young dudes in the audience. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) We might have changed that. Last question
3: is is one that we always ask our guests here on Rock Bottom. It's the cringe song. It's a song, a cheesy song that you really love could be like a cheesy commercial oh. or something from a childhood but then your fans will go really she oh, likes see. that oh, well, so what is your
4: cringe song oh my god i wish you would them because I, I got well let's have a look what do i dance around to <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> after that <laughs> fourth glass yeah, 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 of wine yeah, one, yeah exactly on friday night off oh, <laughs> fly, i mean there's loads of them there's loads of them but i, I can't even think of one straight off now Let me think what do you think well i still uh, it's not really a cringe song, but um I love T-Rex, Children of the Revolution, that always gets it's me a going. Really good. It's song a cr- and it's so heavy as well, so it's yeah. not really a cringe song, but I mean yeah. that would always get me going. Definitely. Yeah. Well thank you so yeah, much. Thank and you. Best of
3: luck with everything.
5: Yeah, cheers. Tack. cheers. Thank you, cheers you luck.
3: Battle. Welcome to Rock Bottom.
5: Thank you so much.
3: Uh, you just played Sweden Rock Festival. Yes. And what was it like? You had a huge crowd. I must say, it was so early in the day, and still you had a huge crowd.
5: Yeah, we started the day at the at the stage today, and it was like it was amazing. I was surprised. I never expect anything before we go on stage. I'm always kind of just concentrating on the performance and and trying to my trying to get my head together and. So it was really great to see how many people came up and, and they were ready to party. I
3: Absolutely. Well, you have a big following, obviously. But when you started out as bad, band, what were your early influences in music? Um,
5: my early influences, for example, Janis Joplin is one of my biggest female idols. Mm-hmm. Um, and also before rock music i listened to all kinds of music and i also i have actually done different kind of genres before battle beast such as for example soul blues jazz funk yeah. everything else but uh, heavy metal mm-hmm. and and when i got in battle beast uh, that was the first time i sang heavy metal ever so how did they find you how did they know about you if you wasn't
3: in this sort of metal
5: they they found me through youtube <laughs> really <laughs> yes Amazing. they saw uh, saw this video of me singing janice chaplin on my acoustic gig mm-hmm. and then they called me and asked if i wanted to join the band and the funny thing was that i had only two weeks before i had heard about the band mm-hmm. and i really loved the, uh, the, the music and the singer the style, how how the singer sang, and I was very excited uh, that they actually asked asked me to join. Yeah. So what was it like to go from the more bluesy kind like Janis Joplin and then into heavy metal? Uh, well, actually, it it kind of felt natural because I was in that phase at that moment when they called me that. I had already tried everything else hard rock music and and blues rock and everything and I knew that I have so much to give as a as an entertainer and a singer and I just wanted a new challenge and when they called me I knew that this is my fate to mm-hmm. to continue on this path and because I had o- already Lis- I've been listening to Heavy metal music since I was 15 years old So I was like Now I can use all those Influences that that I've been listening to, you know, Iron Maid And, and, and Ronnie James Steele And Judas Priest, whatever, you know So I could use these uh, Influences now In a right place mm-hmm. So it was uh, kind of It was amazing, it was really great And I have never Um had a doubt after I got in the band.
3: So what did you bring to the band, except for your fantastic voice and stage appearance, of course? I mean, what, what kind of change took place in the band when you came in there musically? Did well, it?
5: well, of course, we always try to develop all the time because you're not a musician if you don't develop yourself of course. <laughs> and you don't have the drive to so we, we always have the drive to develop ourselves as musicians but I think uh, of course what I brought was that I, I brought of course my voice mm-hmm. and I want to mix all those different genres that has held me uh, in my voice like soul music or blues, rock whatever and and combine it with the heavy metal style and and also have the clean and the kind of masculine yeah but you have quite an amazing voice. range I'm, I must say <laughs> thank you thank you and that's the thing that I really love to play with my own voice and and this band is the way that I can deliver everything that I have ever dreamed as a singer and also as a performer because I really want to not just to be some kind of rock star and mm-hmm. like but actually I, my my style as a performer uh, in my looks is that I really want to look more more like um, some fantasy character than uh, you know I don't want to look normal. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say you have the longest lashes I've seen in yes, my life. Yes that's my you know yes. the brand. silver <laughs> lashes.
3: Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> i love your video for king for a day what was the story behind that everybody has to check that out on youtube by the way it's a yes. great video king
5: for a day uh is a it's about if i try to be short with this explanation is it's about someone having um the power but not the, not the mind <laughs> well I'm sort of thinking about the precedent <laughs>
3: comes to mind, but let's not get <laughs> yeah, into <but> that.
5: <laughs> let's not, because it's it's really it's it, it has been written long ago and um, long before that. Oh. and it's also like you know you can relate to that. Anyone can relate to that if you have an asshole boss at a yeah. job or or your parents are mm-hmm. asshole or whatever. Yeah, you know that that uh, someone has the power but doesn't have the heart um, so it's like um, you can anyone can relate to that but it's it was really fun to do the music video because we actually had our fans uh, including oh. included to that uh, we were having the the scenes where we are on the stage yeah. and there is the crowd so we actually asked um, our real fans to join the the set Perfect. so it was so great we had like four hour uh, four hours playing king for a day and they they still had the fist up and it was so great well it's metal heads. that's what yeah yeah and, and the fans could get get to see the band and talk to them and also like uh see the set and kind of get into the world of uh how musicians do their video and and some people were like, this is the best day of my life. So that was really great to give that experience also to our fans. You have used your power with compassion compared to not exactly what the video <laughs> yes. is about, right? Yeah. But it's it's funny because also because the song is called King for a Day. So people take it also positively, mm-hmm. the, the song. Yeah. So when uh, when I've had these private shows, uh, maybe some, like uh, at, the, at a birthday party, for example, mm-hmm. pe- People have asked that if I could play King for a Day for the for the birthday person because yes. it's like King for a Day. So it's also like people don't necessarily have to take uh, all the lyrics so seriously. No. You can use that song in, in so many different situations. That's
3: just great. Your last two albums and that's Bringer of Pain and, and Saviour, right? they were both number one in Finland yes I mean what's going on with a metal scene in Finland I mean, it's just not only do you bring out a lot of internationally acclaimed bands but you also have like a big national following a lot of you what's the secret behind that something in the water <laughs>
5: <laughs> maybe <laughs> but uh, I don't know we like a uh, Finnish heavy metal it's it's, it's been since like since '90s, it's been like uh, internationally known uh, as as the heavy metal country, mm-hmm. and, and it's a good thing for us. For example, the bands who are from from 2000 and and so on. So, and we I don't know nowadays you have to be kind of aware what are the musical trends also, but still. Uh, keep very loyal to your own music, and that—that that when I was saying about the develop mm-hmm. developing the music is that we, of course, we combine the old stuff and the modern stuff, and and the the thing is that we need to do the best music that we can, and just hope that people also love it. And, but it's—I think it's a good meter. If you if you do a song and you really like it yourself and the band the other bandmates like it mm-hmm. then you are on to something. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Always go with your gut feeling. Have you yes. started
5: work on a new album yet? Yes, ever? yes, we are working on it. We are doing it while we are doing these festivals. So how
3: is that gonna differ from from um, an old savior, for example?
5: Well we have totally different songwriters this time uh, we had the previous songwriter uh, kicked out from the band 2015 so now the whole band is uh, participating and and writing music that's great so Bringer of Pain was was, for example mostly written by our uh, brothers in our band Jonah and Janne Mm -hmm. our uh, guitar and guitar player um but we had also songs from the whole band, from the other guitar player and bass player. So it was, uh, you know...
3: So that was like Bring Your Pain was the first like real collaboration? Yes, that was like a band made. So you're taking that a step further on your next yes. album? Yes, definitely. That's very exciting. Lastly, we have this question that we ask all our guests. It's the cringe song. It's a song that it's not very... Cool, <laughs> but that you love in secret, <laughs> but that you normally wouldn't tell in an interview. But this is rock bottom. We start from the bottom, and then we're digging ourselves down. Mm. So the current song could be like a cheesy commercial or something you loved in your childhood. Um, but that your fans would go, what?
5: <laughs> well, my first idol was Whitney Houston, so I would love to say that. Uh, her version of I Will Always Love You
3: that is a great song it's
5: not much but it's a great song (laughs) yes but that was the first thing that came up to my mind because there was actually someone commenting when I told in some interview that okay Winnie Houston was my first idol ever and then then someone uh, had commented on that like what a shitty idol! I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> <you> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but you can't please everyone, I know. Of
3: course not. Thank you so much. And best Thank you, of luck. Much. And I will get to see you live at Sabbath and Open
5: Air. Yes, Bye. great. <laughs> see you there. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
3: Welcome, Baroness.
0: This Thank is you. The rock Bottom Podcast, the
3: Swedish biggest rock podcast. All right. Yeah.
0: I'm very excited.
3: <laughs> We're sitting out backstage at Sweden Rock Festival, and you're playing later tonight.
0: We are playing later tonight. I think. Yeah. Eight or nine p.m. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, have you ever played here before, or is it the first time? No, this I
0: think this first time at this festival. Last year we played.
3: You've been in Sweden before. Yeah. What's yeah. the
0: festival in, in Bra- Bra- Bravala?
3: Bravala. Yes. Bravala. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is that the name of the, the town or the festival?
3: It's the name of the place where the festival. That's is who,
0: that's what we played last
3: year. <laughs> yeah. That was really that was really
0: fun.
3: Was really so fun. I have obviously I haven't seen you here yet, but but I, I mean I managed to see some gigs on on YouTube and so mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask you, where do you pull all that energy from on stage? Because it's quite a performance. Robert. No.
0: <laughs> no, we're just, we're just, you know, fucking just love playing music. Yeah. And we just it have, shows. <laughs> We just have a nice time on stage and, you know, I've, I've been doing this forever and I always still feel, you know, fortunate to just be able to go on stage and play drums and have people go crazy and that's mm-hmm. awesome. So it makes me, you know, makes me happy every night.
3: So... When did you know you wanted to become a
0: musician? Was there ever it was kind of, a plan B? No, yeah, there was. It was kind of accidental. I mean, playing drums was accidental. I was living over. I was I was living in Argentina, where I'm from originally, mm-hmm. and I was the kid that spoke English the best in my class. So I was recruited to be like the the, sing, the singer in this band we were making when we were little kids. Uh-huh. And the drummer would never show up for a rehearsal, so I would sit at the drums and play while we waited for the drummer. I uh-huh. just and then one day we were like maybe you should just be the drummer you oh. you can do this So you, right. did,
3: you did an opposite day wrong. yeah yes yeah <laughs> yes and i just
0: started and then uh and then the, and then yeah i mean i was i went to college i even started graduate school but my other band i was in started doing well and selling records and going on tour and i said fuck it mm-hmm. let's just do this instead you
3: know it <laughs> was a no-brainer <laughs> Yeah.
0: So what did you listen to growing up? What kind of influences did well, you I'm, have? Well, I'm the, I'm the oldest in the band, so I mean, in the 80s, you know, I just loved, you know, I mean, first a lot of pop music, like The Cure and The Police, early mm-hmm. 80s, stuff like that. The, the the heavy stuff I liked in the 80s, I really liked Manowar in the late 80s. <laughs>
3: he said with a laugh.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, and... Um,
3: if you love Manowar, you have to check out the band Heavy Load tonight. Okay. So that's the Swedish equivalent to Manowar. Heavy Load. Yeah. Okay. I'll check it out.
0: Yeah,
3: you
0: have to see them. I love that shit. And then I mean, a lot of I mean, a lot of I mean, then of course all the all the punk stuff and the post-punk stuff and and then oh, and then then when I came back to America, I got into a, I moved to Washington D.C. and I got into the D.C. hardcore scene like Fugazi and Bad Brains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So
3: more like of,
0: like skate Punk, crimecore stuff or? More, well, it's just like in, in that case it was DC hardcore which is mm-hmm. a, little, a little different I guess. But you know, very like political and all that. But um so a lot of a lot of different things. And then the band that I played for a long time was a post-rock band. Mm-hmm. So we were influenced a lot by crowd rock and stuff like that and I mean craft work, whatever. I just a lot of as long as I think most genres of music have five really good examples of that you should be influenced by as
3: long as it's good
0: it's good right there's <laughs> there's exactly and I'm not saying you should like everything but I'm saying you can like three or four different kinds of music you know like so, so yeah I mean I, Baroness is maybe the, the first sort of dedicated hard rock band that is a hard rock band or mm-hmm. almost a metal band and I've always wanted to do that so I'm Kind of so how come you ended up
3: playing with Baroness?
0: Because uh, they had their accident. It was maybe six.
3: Yeah, 2012.
0: Six years ago. Yeah. yeah. And Alan, the other drummer, he didn't want to tour anymore. And John knew of my previous band called Trans Am. And he was a fan, and we had friends in common. Mm-hmm. And he was like, asked some friends, hey, some drummers that I that was friends with, should we maybe ask seven Trans Am? And they're like, yeah. And then. I got John's phone number and we talked on the phone for about two hours. And then I learned five songs and went down to Philly and played with Pete and John. And
3: so your first album was Purple. First album was Purple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did they ever manage to pull that together after the accident?
0: And I mean, it, the, the crazy thing to me is that John called me maybe five months after, or I called him. I don't remember. We talked five months after the accident. Mm-hmm. That's and he was fucked up physically. Still. He's, I mean he still always will be. Yeah. His left arm is a little bit fucked mm-hmm. up. So so yeah, so um yeah, so that's amazing that they recovered so fast from that, you know. And then and then you know, learning to write with two new members, I think, took a little took it took some time for us to figure it out. Yeah. The process. We figured out that if it's all four of us in the room, it's just too many opinions. Okay. So we do in, in groups, you know. But
3: everybody contributes. Every
0: contributes, but John, he is like the everything goes through John, mm-hmm. right? He's like the principal songwriter. So I will. I'll, I live in New York, right? So this this has happened for both Purple and the album we're working on now. I'll I'll record ten different beats I think are cool on the drums, different things I've come up with, and John will pick three or four that he likes and start writing riffs or chords over those beats and then i meet him and then we refine it and then he's you know and then he works it's, it's always john and somebody else
3: so it's pretty organic
0: even if uh, you're not in the same room it is it is it is organic no but, but we, we do eventually get in the same room definitely yeah. and then and then john has a he has a home studio at home that's what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he has a home studio away from home <laughs> Uh, he has a home studio, and so he, you know, he tries out, you know, eighty-five different guitar parts, you mm-hmm. know, and, and
3: ditches eighty-four. <laughs> yes, you
0: no, know, he's he's very detail-oriented, which is cool. So yeah, so it's it's a combination of organic in the room together, also sending each other recordings. We do that too, you know, saving our files. And, so it's a combination of that of those things.
3: Who's a typical Baroness fan?
0: Who is the typical Baroness fan? I think that's a hard question because I think it's changed over time. I think it's changed. Why is know? that? Well, because Baroness, you was kind of came from, from even though the music wasn't punk rock, the, the scene was more of a punk scene. You know, like just the DIY kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was basement shows and stuff like that. So those were the first fans. You know. Yeah. And then I think when Blue came out, I think they see. Because I wasn't, I didn't play on Blue. I Same thing. <laughs> when Blue came out, you Baroness, can still
3: have an opinion. <laughs> I know, no, no, I, I,
0: I, I believe. Me. That's when they, that's when they got like a good amount of sort of like more mainstream hipster attention, mm-hmm. you know. And then with Yellow and Green, maybe a little bit even more. And so now, it's, it's, you know, it's a who's the who's the Baroness fan? It's somebody who's maybe thirty years old. Lives in the city, is a graphic designer, and likes heavy music. (laughs) And grows a beard. And
3: brings very expensive organic coffee.
0: Yes, and and, and has black t
3: shirts. (laughs) Well, we're narrowed down to that then. Being on a festival like this, uh, I mean, you see the headliners, they're getting on. (laughs) They're like in their 60s, 70s. Yeah, wow, yeah. And, And I mean, sooner or later, they're gonna retire. Yeah. And I can't really see somebody taking taking their place. I mean, there are no humongous bands such as like Kiss, ACDC, dc Guns Roses. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of like.
0: Really I mean, the big the, bands, the big bands now that are in sort of their prime would be like mm-hmm. Foo Fighters or Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, bands like that. I don't. I think. I mean.
3: You think it's gonna change? I love
0: those guys, but I, I think you're right. I don't think they. I think bands like ACDC has such a huge influence on mainstream culture. Yeah. And we're so... I, th- I don't think those guys have had that kind of impact. So I don't know... I love them. Sorry, guys, I'm not talking shit here. I'm just saying, I just, I just think it's a, it's a generational thing. Yeah. I think that rock music isn't as dominating as it was in the 70s and 80s. You know, I think a lot of young people listen to things that are not rock music.
3: Mm-hmm. So where do
0: you see the festivals in, in say, fifteen years? I'm, I'm, I, I'm just kind of surprised. I think that these festivals, which are, this this one seems like a hard rock heavy metal festival, mm-hmm. that maybe is is workable in Sweden or in Scandinavia. I don't know. I don't know if a big festival like that in America could work. Mm-hmm. There are there are small smaller metal yeah. fests, but, but a big one for a festival such so as
3: like Osfest
0: years ago? Yeah, that's true. The, yeah, I just yeah, I don't know. I I feel like the the more sort of general music fest is maybe more where things are going to Heavy end. metal is like folk music in Sweden. I uh, yeah, 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 I believe <laughs> it. I believe it. I don't think I've seen a more metal group of people ever than today, yeah. walking around <laughs> everybody, every single person. Looks <laughs> like a heavy metal Viking. <laughs>
3: I heard there's a new album in the making, is that true?
0: There is a new album in the making, yes.
3: Can you tell
1: me something about it, please? I can tell
0: you that we are... that the drums are done. <laughs> well, good for you, then! <laughs> so, I'm going on a vacation this summer. What? Well, yay! <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're, we're in the process. Um, there's still some lyrics that have to be written.
3: Do you have a working title?
0: I do, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. <sighs> okay, then. That's a so, release date? Release date is not, I mean, that, this year, that, is, year? that is even a mystery to me, I'll be honest with you. I I was, we were aiming for one time, and now I think it's being pushed back a little bit, so we'll see.
3: And then the label is aiming, and then the management is yes. aiming. on. and then John has
0: to finish the artwork.
3: Oh, of course. So there's
0: all these things that go into it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you want to release it at a time that makes sense. Of course. You know, like, so, so yeah, there's a lot of variables. So I can't, I can't go now. But it
3: will be out. It will be
0: out that soon, know. sooner. I mean, <laughs> it, no, it, we're we're like I said, the
3: sooner, the sooner, more than later. <laughs>
0: the, the the meat of the songs are all written. Uh-huh. You know, the bass and drums are done. Have we curated? Have we the
3: songs? No, no, no. no. But That's um,
0: safe. but yeah. So yeah, we're 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 on our way. We're on our way. Well,
3: good. Very
0: exciting to hear.
3: Last, we have this question i would ask all our guests on this podcast is called the cringe song a okay. song that is really cheesy that i love that you love but that you They're normally not. would never tell okay yeah, you're ready for a really
0: really really cheesy one
3: okay i'm raising myself really
0: <laughs> really hard this is i'm going real cringe here turn up the radio by autograph
3: okay <laughs> <laughs> well that's a cringe song,
0: funny. Yeah. It's- <laughs> pretty, pretty cheesy.
3: Yeah. I think you're getting the song Award. <laughs> yeah. For, for Sweden Rock but Festival. But come on.
0: It's pretty good for, you know. Like well,
3: like we said, if it's good, it's good. Getting pumped up, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. You're
3: welcome. Best of luck.
0: Thank you, thank you.
3: Välkommen till Rock Barnum, Martin Forsman. Tack så mycket, Erika. Som är vice vd och bokningsansvarig på Sweden Rock Festival. Just det. Om man skulle ge bara lyssnare lite bakgrund till det här med Sweden Rock. Hur började det hela?
6: Det började i Olofström 1992. Ingolf hette han som hade varit på festival i Danmark och tyckte att där fanns det festivaler som inte var för 19-åringar utan för kanske en aningen äldre publik och man kunde gå runt med en öl i handen på hela festivalområdet och lyssna på gammal rock. Han tyckte att sånt måste vi ha i Sverige också. Ja. Han drog igång en festival i närheten av där han bodde.
3: Ja. Och hur kom du in i bilden av det här?
6: Jag blev inblandad i ett litet fanzine som heter Bright Eyes Metal Magazine. Mm. Runt 99. Och sen gick Sweden Rock i putten år 2000 och fick en ny ägare 2001. Och den här nya ägaren, Micke hette han, han frågade oss på Bright Eyes om vi ville byta namn på vår tidning till... Spider-Man det tyckte vi att Ja det kan vara kul
3: Ja Så så var det På den vägen är det För du jag har ju själv en bakgrund Du är musiker Svarar jag det är ju din bakgrund Du har ditt band ja. Allt äh,
6: Ja jag äger en bas i alla fall Ja, ja.
3: <laughs> Men det var alltså inte på den vägen Som musiker Du kom in Nej, hela.
6: Nej Bara som eh, hobbyjournalist
3: Ja. Hur är dags dagsformen nu då? Så här, vi är på sluttampen av Sweden Rock 2018. Hur, hur har allting gått?
6: Det har gått fruktansvärt bra. Alltså. Det är ganska mycket förändringar till år. Eh, mer på folk. vilket sätt? Ja, men det är mer folk och det kräver vissa uppgraderingar och nya lösningar. Och sen så har vi ändrat på en del annat produktionstekniskt bakom kulisserna. Sådär.
3: Som till exempel?
6: Så, ja, men det är nya vägar, produktionsvägar. Ja, Entrén är nya, nya... Uh, rutiner för hur vi sköter artisterna och catering och allt möjligt.
3: Mm.
6: Så det var väldigt mycket som vi var lite såhär fundersamma på hur det ska funka när allting är utbytt sist. Men det har fluttit jävligt bra.
3: Att det kunde vara lite barnsjukdom. Verkligen, ja. verkligen. Alltså vi måste ju säga att det finns ingenstans som det är så fruktansvärt trevlig personal, överallt från vakter till catering till de som är pressansvariga alla är supertrevliga, och hur mycket tånamod som helst och allting flyter och skulle något bli försenat vilket ni faktiskt sällan är här så ordnar man det ändå hur lyckas ni med det, får ni tag i alla de här fantastiska människorna det är ju
6: väldigt kul att höra det vi försöker ju verkligen att få folk att jobba på det sättet, vi vill ju Ta emot alla som kommer hit med en positiv och glad attityd. För ja. att då blir det ju trevligare både för oss och för de som kommer att vara här och jobba. Mm. Så det är kul att du säger det. Men sen tror jag också det har att göra med att vi har hållit på rätt länge. Och det är ganska mycket samma personal som kommer in och jobbar från år till år. Mm. Och folk har lärt sig hur det funkar. Så att Eftersom allting flyter rätt bra, det är inte något kaos. Nej. Så... Håller sig folk på gott humör,
3: tror jag. Hur, ja, du är då, så mm. sagt. Hur gör ni när ni vänjer band? Vem har något vet då? Går det till? Eh,
6: ja, vi har en bokningsgrupp då, det är jag och två till, eh, Ingolf som hände innan och eh, Johannes. Eh, vi sitter och har eh, bokningsmöten vi och diskuterar både egna idéer och sånt som har kommit till oss då, från agenter och andra. Mm. Eh,
3: Hur många förslag får ni från liksom, propositions från agenten? Jag, jag tror
6: jag att det är ungefär 50-50 med egna idéer och saker som kommer eh, till oss om vi ser till det som faktiskt blir bokat sen.
3: Och om man ser till, till rena siffror, hur många är det som hör av så säger vi vi spela? Från, hur många? Ja, eh,
6: är det jag hundratals jag, alltså, eller tusentals? Det är nog ungefär 10 om dagen i snitt.
3: Hela så året? Att det är
6: tre, ja, vad blir det? Ja. Tre ett tusen.
3: Lite drygt, Ja, ja. ja. Ja, så där (laughs) ja Det är ju ganska bra Hur lång tid innan måste man till exempel boka headline-akterna? Det är lite
6: olika men generellt får man ju vara ute i väldigt god tid Nu har vi ingenting bekräftat till 19 men vi har ju tre stora bud ute Plus ligger fem-sex stycken
3: Vad, hur, jag tror att det blir när de här giganterna ja, Ossi och vi säger Meiden och så vidare när de har pensionerat sig mm. nu är de ju bara i 60 arsaldern Men så småningom gör de det. Att det är en god återväx i mådrogen, det vet vi ju redan. Mm. Men just de här riktiga superdinosaurerna vem fyller deras skor då? Hur kommer det att se
6: ut? Ja, om jag tar fram spåkulan här och gör mitt ja. bästa så är min teori är att det inte kommer se ut riktigt som det gör nu att man har ett, två eller kanske tre band högst överst på en festivalaffisch och att det är de få namnen som ska sälja biljetterna. Jag tror att man kommer gå mot att man kanske har 10-15 akter.
3: Mm.
6: Högst upp som inte är Iron Maiden stora men som kanske är precis snäppet under.
3: Så att det blir fler headliners kan man säga. Fast... Ja, jag, ja, det
6: är vad jag tror i alla fall. Ja. Så andra tror att det finns vissa av de här som är strax under nu som kommer ta ett steg upp.
3: Som vi har sett eh... till exempel Fugfartis göra?
6: Verkligen, ja. absolut. Men jag tror, ja, min teori är att det blir fler men, men inte riktigt lika jättestora.
3: Har ni någon band som är sådär en drömbokning och som publiken har tjatat om som ni inte har haft än? Alltså ni har haft typ alla, men finns det någon?
6: Varje gång jag får den här frågan <laughs> så säger jag alltid leddseppelig.
3: Okej, okay. <laughs> originalsättningen. <laughs> man
6: hade litet, litet, litet hopp om att det kanske teoretiskt sett skulle kunna vara möjligt där någon gång kring eh, O2-återföreningen 2007. Men nu känns det ju rätt avlägset igen så att det kommer ju inte hända.
3: Hur kom det sig att Sweden Rock Festival gick ihop med konsertgiganten Live Nation? Eh,
6: det finns flera skäl till det. Ett är att livebranschen generellt utvecklar sig mot att det läggs blockbud från eh, framförallt Scorpio, AEG och Live Nation.
3: Och vad innebär det blockbud? Eh,
6: det är Eh, låt säga att ett stort band då bestämmer sig för att ah, men vi ska åka till Europa 2020 mm. eh, vi ska göra 20 spelningar där innan vi åker till Nordamerika. Då läggs det ett blockbud från någon av de här stora drakarna på att man köper upp alla de här 20 datumen. Man gör dealen från början och säger att okej okay, vi köper 20 spelningar för de här pengarna. Mm. Och sen i andra läget går man ut till sina underavdelningar i de olika länderna och säger ja, nu har vi det här bandet bokat för 20 gig. Vilka är intresserade? så kan vi här i Sverige sitta och säga att ja, men det skulle vara kul med ett gig här hos oss. Mm. Och vi vill ju vara med på det tåget. För att sitter man som oberoende så får man ju inte ens veta att det här är på gång. Okej. Okay. Så att nu är vi med i matchen på det.
3: Så det här ger er ännu fler öppningar? Exakt. Är det något, det är ju något som publiken inte vet om, men Nej. de kommer att märka av <laughs> mer ja, Jag
6: tror framförallt att man kanske hade märkt av det om vi inte hade varit med på det tåget. För För att att... Utvecklingen går mot det att det läggs fler och fler blockbud och hamnar man utanför det så blir det svårare att hitta band.
3: Men kan festivalen växa ännu mer? Nu har ni, är det 3000 fler ni kunde ta in i år.
6: Ja, jag har ju inte en exakt siffra nu. Vi har ju sålt 35 000 mm. biljetter per dag. Sen så tillkommer ju akkrediterade och barn ovanpå det. Men de ja. siffrorna har vi inte än. Men kan eh, det växa ännu mer än så? Nej, jag tror att det här är absolut max faktiskt. Så vi kanske
3: såg toppen där på Iron Maiden? I, ja,
6: I... sen får vi se om vi kan göra av den här storleken en gång till. Det får vi se. Men vi kan nog inte växa från detta. Vad har ni
3: planer för, för 2019 då? Och ännu mer långsiktigt?
6: <laughs> eh, ja, bandmässigt så kan jag inte berätta någonting såklart. En eh, oh, Jag kan säga det sen när vi har stängt av. Nej, det kan jag inte heller eh, Men däremot så kommer vi utvärdera den här festivalen som gör nu. Och sen så kommer vi försöka skruva på diversa detaljer som inte är hundra procentiga så ska vi göra detta ännu bättre nästa år.
3: Finns det några planer? Kommer det bli fler scener eller någonting, någonting som ni gör annorlunda så att märka för publiken?
6: Vi får ju se. Vi brukar ju sammanfatta allting innan vi går på semester och sen så träffas vi efter semestern där i början på augusti och sen så har vi en eh, tre dagars konferens och verkligen sitter och går igenom alla aspekter av eh, årets festival och funderar på vad vi kan göra bättre till nästa år eh, så vi får se men jag tror inte att vi kommer ha fler eller färre scener, det är nog ganska bra som det är mm. däremot kanske man får se över schemaläggning till viss del och ja, en del andra eh, praktiska Twica saker lite, ja, men, ja
3: om den 14-åriga Martin hade fått veta mm. att det här skulle vara hans jobb. Mm. Och ett väldigt lukrativt jobb får man väl också säga. Framförallt ett fantastiskt roligt jobb. Vad tror du han hade sagt då?
6: Jag har faktiskt funderat på det. Det hade varit jävligt roligt att sätta sig i en tidsmaskin.
3: Ja. Äh... När man satt där med så här ryggtavna med sabbat ja, eller någonting.
6: Ja, Iron Maiden på originalkassetbandet ja. och sådär. Äh, ja, nej. Det... Jag vet inte. <laughs> det hade jag hade ju inte trott på liksom. Kunde du, det, var bi- Nej, men det var ganska bizarrt faktiskt att se Maiden, li- komma, maiden komma förbi här och lida lite på jobbet.
3: Ja, precis. Ja. Du kommer inte undan vårt fasta inslag, för det gör okay. alla våra gäster. Och det är skämslåten. Det är en låt som man gillar lite i smyg, men mm. som ens kompisar och sådär. Inte, då skulle säga, va? Gillar du den där? Okej. Okay. Så att något som är lite skämsigt, det kan vara något som man gillar som man var liten eller kanske något som man, en konstig rekramgängel som har fastnat i huvudet eller något som man lyssnar på när man är helt utarbetad och har tagit det där fjärdegrasvinet som man inte mm. borde ha tagit innan man går och lägger sig och så kommer man på att man ska leta fram något på Spotify. Okay.
6: Ja okej, det finns väl rätt mycket sånt. Ja. Inte, det beror på lite situationen också.
3: Men något som är kanske man tänker sig, ja men vice vd för Sweden Rock Festival han sitter ju bara och lyssnar på möjligt som dödsmetall eller någonting sådär, men finns det något som du letar fram, kanske Barry Manilow eller någonting sånt någon gammal 60
6: Ja, The Osmonds har en låt som heter Crazy Horses men den är ganska rock'n'roll den är skithård, precis bra att du har koll på läget Jag jag lyssnade på ganska mycket ostig power metal när jag var runt 20 sådär som man kanske inte tycker är skitfräser nu egentligen men som man ändå kan lyssna på ibland om nostalgiska skäl.
3: Det här är ju rockbaron, vi börjar ju i botten och gräver oss ner så att vi nöjer oss med det svaret. <laughs> okay, det. Tack så hemskt mycket. <laughs> Tack själv.